Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate and Kyle are here with you. Aaron will be joining us soon, but we are... Uh, we haven't had a an episode in uh it's going on a couple of weeks now. We try to do weekly, but uh we also all have real lives too, you know. This is uh this is kayfabed, but the, we have our real lives as well and uh things happen, you know. So yep. anyways, Kyle, how are you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. What a fucking couple of weeks it's been. Yes, it has. Oh. D- WWE living uh the two-faced life for the past week or so with the evolution pay-per-view followed by crown jewel um which i i didn't i i don't i didn't ask you if you actually watched crown jewel or not i watched like clips from like youtube okay because i didn't full disclosure listeners bad journalist here i did not watch the pay-per-view out of principle oh yeah i didn't Um, watch it either i like i said i of course you know Having the WWE app on my phone, it pops up and says... Yeah, well, and I read the results. You know, I, I yeah. kept up with what was going on, but I didn't actually watch the pay-per-view. I didn't want to give any pay-per-view... Uh, I don't know. I didn't want them to brag about my number watching the show. But... and, well, and what it, I heard, it, it, was, it, it wasn't very good. It was real bittersweet for me because of Shawn Michaels... With him being my favorite wrestler, you know, if he's coming back, and especially if this was like a one-match deal for him, um, it kind of stinks that I didn't get to watch his match. But... Yeah, but do you really want to? Do you really want to see Shawn Michaels bald-headed? <laughs> I mean, I'd rather fucking remember him for you know going out at WrestleMania 26, not. Yeah, it's kind of like Flair, you know, like when <sighs> Flair. When I pretend that the Flair stuff in TNA never happened. Oh, he pretends it never happened either. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> or when, thing, or when he did that, out. when he did that tour with Hogan in Australia after he retired, you know. The, the only two things that were good about that was him and Jay Lethal, and then when he went fucking crazy yeah. on Sting. Well, and, and that, Hogan. that's the thing. In TNA, when he was when they were doing the Fortune gimmick, he was a fun part of the gimmick, and. It, it would have been all good if he would have went to TNA and just been Ric Flair, the manager of Fortune or whatever. But the fact that he got back in the ring, you know, and had matches with Hogan and I think Foley, and just go, go you know, back and watch anybody that's listening or all of our fans go go search for this on YouTube. Trust me, Impact Wrestling is not going to care. It's fucking views for them, so whatever. But <laughs> uh, there is. I believe it's Hogan and Sting, and it's it's leading up to Bound for Glory when Hogan fought Sting for the fucking control of you know, whatever. Uh, but Flair says you have to go through me, and basically he looks like he's like, "Cause I'll kick your fucking ass." <laughs> and you see Hogan like, "Oh, whoa, no, <laughs> this is live TV and shit." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's Ric Flair for you. <sighs> then, well, one of my one of my favorite things in the world every once in a while just to watch is like the six minute or seven minute vine or whatever of uh, Flair and Jay Lethal. Oh yeah. And have you ever seen what the Have you ever seen the one where they put the caption under it? Yeah. Are you talking about where it's like? When a dog sees another yes, dog, dog in near its yard. <laughs> oh, God, that's fucking funny as shit. <laughs> so we'll talk about Crown Jewel, even though we didn't watch it. We can talk about the results. Let's start with, uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I was kind of happy I didn't watch it because it sounded like it was a shit show. Um, Did you see that they had uh, Renee, uh, Renee Young? Mm-hmm. As uh, an announcer, I mean, she had to be I'm dressed su- in the whole. I'm surprised black they garb. I'm su- did they drive us to dress her in a burka? No, no, her head <laughs> was exposed from okay. pictures I saw. Mm. But it was just, it was fucking really. I don't know. It's like when you have to. I'm sorry, you know, when you have a superstars on your roster who are Jewish who can't go. Mm-hmm. And then you have superstars on your roster who are women and they can't go. You shouldn't do the fucking show. Right. Yes. When, you're, when your broadcast announcer has to cover everything but her head. They were even getting, um, they were even getting requests from politicians not to go. Um, and I'm actually really surprised that they did considering pressure from politicians with, and I know she's not technically, she can't technically be with the company anymore, but with Linda being in the cabinet, you know, it just, it kind of surprised me. I I was almost expecting them to relocate the show to like New York, or at one point they were talking about Manchester, England, because that would still fit the crown jewel theme. Um, But they didn't, and they went forward with it, and... Again, like I said, it didn't sound like we missed much. That whole Shane McMahon debacle. You know, what was what is that? I like, mean, the only way that makes sense is if Shane McMahon's going to do a heel turn. But it doesn't even make sense then. And this is the problem. Right? Because, <laughs> because even if he does a heel turn, it's you, you have based this entire thing on who is the best in the world. And you could have made a superstar. Mm-hmm. From everything I read, The Miz was hurt and injured. And, you know, he was... You could have fucking gave that to him. Right. Well, and that actually it actually all came out in the in the wash, I guess. Now I was just reading actually a little bit ago before we started before we started recording, he wasn't actually injured. Well, then okay, but but so, the kayfabe part of it would have been that he was and he mm-hmm. fought back and Yeah. But no, let's give it to Shane McMahon because goddamn, it's a McMahon. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like I don't, I don't understand. There's no re, there's no rational reasoning for it. Again, like you said, even if it is a heel turn, it's stupid. But it, even, at least if he's doing a heel turn, it makes some kind of twisted sense. But even, but even then, you could have done something where, let's say. Let's say Dolph Ziggler. Or, well, know, that's what I was. Distance. That's what I was about to say. Why not use this as finally a good jumping point for Dolph Ziggler after what ten, fifteen years, or however the fuck long he's been there? You know, you've given this, you've given this guy start, start, stop pushes forever, and I mean, 
the, the, the best thing that ever happened to Dolph Ziggler was this team with Drew McIntyre. Right. So why, what, what if you were to do something like, okay, you have Miz who's hurt. Mm-hmm. Which this is where I thought they were going to go with him. This is hurt. He battles back. He's fucking, you know, valiant and everything as I'm reading the reports and everything. And, and they, it's like, okay, so I see what they're doing. They're going to have him lose, and then Shane's going to fire him, and that's going to be how Shane turns heel. Right. But no, they fucking. <laughs> and they, they fucking. And they've been, ta- they've been talking about a Miz face turn anyway. So. My thing was, why if you're going to turn him face, like I, I almost go, you know, you say, you know, he makes the valiant effort and he wins. For the face turn, it almost would have been better have Ziggler beat. You, 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 you kill two birds with one stone. If you have Ziggler beat Miz in the finals. Right. Ziggler gets, finally gets a rub from winning something, a big deal like that. And, you know, Ziggler could even, and he's not, he's not as much a comedic character as, as the person I'm going to mention, but Ziggler could have won that tournament, won that trophy and carried that trophy around like Owen Hart did with his slammies. Right. And then you could have had someone like, oh, I don't know, Chris Jericho come back for WrestleMania and be like, you think you're the best in the world because you fucking won some rinky dink fucking thing. I've. I've been in fucking Japan. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, all over. And then you you take that, and you have okay. So now you have that with Ziggler, and also then you create a dynamic between Shane McMahon and the Miz, which could turn the Miz heel, or I mean face. And you could almost, and again, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, do we have to go back to the same old, same old? But could that work to benefit Miz, like? It benefited Steve Austin 20 years ago. You know, here's this guy who's a shit heel, and but people start to like him, and he wins a, a tournament and starts getting over, and now he's going to feud with the McMahon. I mean, you know, there's a lot of similarities, and yeah, you could say it's rehashing it, but could it work? And I think it could I think it could I don't know. Because... I don't. I don't know that. Miz, I'm not trying to compare Miz to Steve Austin. There's almost no comparison. I don't know that Miz is. Yeah. The, I don't know that he's as talented as Steve Austin. But see, I think but... the problem is though, Nate, is it's not the fact that who's more talented. It's the fact of when Steve Austin turned face, he didn't turn face. He still did the same shit he was doing. Right. Just fought bad guys. Yeah, and the fans. And turn, it... The fans turned him face. Yeah, if you if you did the same thing with the Miz, where the Miz doesn't fucking change anything about his character, he just starts facing guys who are worse than him. Mm-hmm. He, I think, he would be over, just like Austin was. I agree. But the problem is that when you change when they change face, they have to be all well. We got to change their whole entire character. Yeah, it can't. Nothing can ever be organic anymore. No, that's why, you know. Real quick before we continue on with Crown Jewel, I fucking absolutely loved the uh, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins shit. Mm-hmm. That is like I purposely go now will go and watch anything with those two in it because to me they did the perfect thing. Yeah, that it was, was a perfect time to turn, turn fucking Dean heel. Well, and then and then the follow up segment on Monday was really good because it was old school, you know. Rollins wants a reason for why Dean turned on him and Dean won't even give him an answer that, you know, you're, you're, 
that's old school booking. We're going to make you wait for Dean Ambrose to give his answer. And I love the fact that Seth, like, at least when I did it, I had the fucking guts to do it to your face. Right. <laughs> like, that, to me, that was... And there's a lot of people bitching because they're like, oh, I can't believe they capitalized on Roman Reigns' uh, leukemia diagnosis, which, by the way, get better Roman. Right. That sucks, man. That yes, really is... Absolutely. Um, I, I, if, he, if he beats this and comes back... He's never going to get booed again. <laughs> He'll be the biggest baby face in history. Oh, God. God damn. <laughs> but, but it was perfect because no one saw it coming. Mm-hmm. And it made Dean Ambrose a fucking heel because everyone's like, I can't believe he fucking did it on that night. Right. And I think That's- they, I, I mean, whether it was that week or the week after or whatever, it was coming anyway. It was coming, but this gave it some fucking. So, yeah, why like, not? Why not? Why not do it? You know, I don't. I don't know that one. That one. The people being outraged over that was kind of stupid to me. Like you said, I, I don't. I don't know what difference it makes. I mean, you know, you got. Uh, you, you there have been lots of angles in history where wrestlers have retired or whatever, or been super injured or or something. And I know, I know, leukemia is different than a torn quad or whatever. But you just. I mean, the show has to go on and. None of those. I, I'm sure Roman Reigns didn't give a shit, and that's really no. the only person whose feelings matter in this situation. The guy did with you, the leukemia, you know. Did you see the whole him going backstage? Yeah. Video. He fucking even said it to uh, Nia Jax. Y'all got work to do. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the sure he's like, look, on. I'm gonna go handle my shit. Like y'all, you know. The show must go on. Exactly. I mean, that's. And like I said, you know, it's not like. Like, it would have been a different story if the story was, hey, last night in Pennsylvania or whatever, Roman Reigns died. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Like, that it's that's a, that would have been a different story. But, right, but even, but someone brought something up, and I, I can't, I can't remember if it was, if it was like an interview with Vince or if it was a writer during that time or somebody that worked there, but when Owen Hart died. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, should the show gone on, should have not gone on? whatever and someone made something really fucking a really good point they said if someone coming out and getting to see steve austin took away just a minute of seeing what they saw with owen right and made that night at least a little bit better then why it was not worth it. right absolutely why not i mean you know you you those people of that crowd saw something that they probably could never unsee mm-hmm and if seeing Steve Austin fucking, you know, made their night a little bit better, then I guess, you know. Yeah. I mean, and and why why muddy up the water anyway, you know? I mean, the people in the arena knew that something happened, and they knew that it was bad, but they didn't know Owen passed away. And I don't know. I, it, it just, NASCAR, they don't fucking stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, it, it's a travesty. It really tr- and truly is. But, you know, I I get so sick and tired of people saying, no, they should have done this, they should have done that. Well, it's none e- of us has ever been in that situation. Right, I was about to but say, it's easy, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback. You know, I mean, I'm sure I where I work at, I've, I've, had, I've seen people pass away there. Mm-hmm. And it's, look, you know, yes, it's sad, but, you know, at the same time, we're business guys, and this affects everybody. And if we shut down, 
there's a chance that, you know, companies could pull their contracts and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, business goes on. That's how it works. That's how the world works. But anyways, they, one thing they should have done was fucking do like Saudi Arabia. Well, uh, one of the, I guess you'd say, one of the good things coming to me personally, because I'm an AJ Styles fan, AJ Styles, because of his victory over Samoa Joe at Crown Jewel, is now the 10th longest reigning WWE champion in history. And he deserves it. He does. I mean, and I think it's, fucking... I think it's what, just another, like if he can, if he makes a past Survivor Series or whatever, he'll be ninth. I think I, I I was reading an article about it the other day, and I don't remember now, but he's almost into the ninth position. Um, I think if he makes it past WrestleMania, he will go past CM Punk. And then after that, it's going to be tough because then you get to like uh, one of those title reigns. It's like 1,000 and something days or whatever from right. Bruno or Hogan or Pedro or something. So that's probably, he'll probably never surpass that. But... You know, if he can get up to like, you know, six or five or something like that, I think it'd be cool. Just leave the belt on him. And it's not like they have anybody build up good enough to beat him anyway. Well, that's the question. Who do you think, who's his WrestleMania opponent? Well, I don't think, at at one point I figured they were going to hold off on Brian versus Styles for WrestleMania. And then they they blew their wad and were going to do it for Crown Jewel. Now, with politics being what they are... You know, they can say what they want about, oh, it's okay that that Daniel Bryan, we respect Daniel Bryan's decision, but Daniel Bryan's decision has probably knocked him down a peg. Yeah, it's not like a John Cena where Cena can just be like... Yeah, so... Which, I mean... There there isn't, to me, there isn't anybody right now that they should even put the title on. They haven't built anybody up big enough to put the title on. Personally, right. I'm almost wondering if you're going to see Drew McIntyre, and that's fine with me. I, I I'm a Drew I'm a Drew guy anyway, but he's still even within the within the WWE story context. To me, needs to be built up more to 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 be ending a title reign of that magnitude. I don't even know. I don't right now. I don't even know unless, like you said, they're going to move. If they would move Drew to SmackDown, I don't know who goes against AJ at WrestleMania. I hell, I don't even know who goes against Brock at WrestleMania. Right. Well, it, you know the interesting thing is going to the Rumble's going to be interesting this year if nothing else. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, I I think that, and we'll get into the the next thing in a minute. Well, okay, we'll go the, the Crown Jewel. Um, then we have. Braun and Brock, again, didn't watch the pay-per-view, but from what I read, this was the most counterproductive match in the history of the WWE. Your top star, Roman Reigns, just announced he has leukemia. He had to walk away from the company. And then you have this big fuck that you've been building up for two years that people actually like. People want Braun Strowman to succeed. Your fans like Braun Strowman, and you job him out to Brock Lesnar in three minutes. I don't fucking get it. 
And that's not that I, I'm not one of those Brock haters. I don't hate Brock. I like Brock. I like Brock being there. I like Brock being badass Brock. I don't even mind Brock with the title once in a while. But this booking of this match was fucking stupid considering the circumstances. Braun Strowman should have went over. Not in two minutes, but Braun Strowman should have went over, and he should strike with the irons hot with a guy like that. You know what I mean? I mean, there's going to be a time, there's going to come a time, you give it a year or so, people are going to turn on him. But right now they like him. So give him the fucking belt. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Well, and, and is it just me or is universal title? They try to play that off. It's like, that's the big title because it's on Monday Night Raw. It, mm-hmm. That fucking title is worth shit. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I just... I don't I don't get that whole deal. It's not because Brock holds it. It's because you had Brock who held it that was never there. Mm-hmm. And he keeps getting, you know, forfeited and stuff. Now, that's not anybody's fault. That's, you know, it is what it is. Right. But I don't know. To me, it's, it's silly that we had two world champions, two women's titles, two tag teams. They don't fucking feel special. Now... What I said about that with Brock and Braun, and now we've got we've got Brock Lesnar and AJ again this year at Summer or Survivor Series. It's official. I don't need to see it again. Uh, the only way I want to see it again is if you give if you give the win to AJ this time. And I don't know that they're going to do that. Well, you know, Vince Vince is going to sit there and be like, "Oh, how in the hell can AJ Styles ever beat Brock Lesnar?" Right, exactly. That's why I said I don't know if they're going to do it. I doubt it. <laughs> but that's the only way it's worth doing again. My next my next thing is the only way I we we started talking about WrestleMania title matches and I started thinking about is and this depends on how long cuz I don't think Brock was supposed to win that title. I think Roman was supposed to win that match in the beginning. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. So is the plan now for Brock to have a long title reign or a short title reign? Because if he's supposed to have a short title reign or a long title reign, the only guy I see beating him for the belt since, like I said, you've already shit on Braun Strowman. There's no Now that Brock Lesnar beat him in three minutes, who wants to watch it again? So the only other guy that's super over that I see beating Brock is Seth Rollins. Right. Mark my words right fucking now that fucking come the Royal Rumble, number 30 is going to be fucking Roman Reigns as a surprise. <laughs> and he's going to fucking win it. He's going to go to Rumble and finally be fucking cheered only at if Mania. Only if he's got those Cena jeans. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I. But, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the only guy I can see that's not a part-timer is Seth. Because nobody else... On the baby face, baby face side, and Brock's kind of you know he's kind of a tweener. He can wrestle faces and heels, but if we're talking about the baby face side, Seth Rollins is the only one to me that has. And this is the problem with the way they book now. You know, you look at you look at even fifteen fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, you would we would have been able to talk about four or five, six guys that have the possibility of being the champ. Now, the way they book now, you're looking at it and you're going, there's like two guys and maybe one guy that ha- that you have given enough steam to that anybody's going to give a shit about him as champion. That's a problem. 
<laughs> That's especially well, a problem in the largest wrestling company in the world with the largest roster in the world. Well, and I think the problem is, is that, you know, it's that Vince doesn't want to have just that one guy anymore. Yeah. And he I, wants everyone to be the same so, because the fucking marquee is WWE, not Hulk Hogan, not fucking Steve Austin. Well, the mark, yeah. And I mean, you, you give it. You, I don't think. WrestleMania is the draw. I don't think Vince will be in charge in 10 years. But this current business plan, 10 years from now. The marquee is not going to say WWE. It's going to say another wrestling company because you can't, they can't viably continue this. They cannot viably continue this business model for 10 years. It's, no. you know, I mean, they're already losing steam. You watch SmackDown, you watch Raw. If the crowd's not dead, the crowd's not there. And, and it's just, I don't know. It, it, it's not, the fans aren't. The fans, the fans are passionate, but they're passionate about the internet. Um, and well, see, the problem is, is that you know, the, the kids that fucking cheered for John Cena, they're starting to grow up, mm-hmm. and you're not really creating new fans nope. a whole lot. And nope, because I mean, even even the fans you are creating, every time they react to somebody that you don't want to promote then you just tell them to go fuck themselves essentially so why would they ever give a shit about your product i don't know i don't know but i know it like i said didn't sound like crown jewel was very good no and you know i think it and also above all else i think that it created some fucking Mm. ill will towards the american wrestling fans that they sit there and they go, wait a minute, you fucking bring back Hogan? You fucking get Shawn Michaels to come out of retirement for this? Right. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, we didn't even cover the Hogan thing. I I mean... I'm <laughs> I, glad I, to see him back. I, I think that... Um, I mean, I knew... I knew he was going to come back. Because they had started planting the seeds, you know, like they put him in the new, uh, the new then now forever thing at the beginning of Raw. They, you know, little by little, that's how WWE does shit. They put their toes in the water, you know. Yep. Um, little by little, they uh, they've started talking, and you know, I I am I am okay with Hogan. I'm okay with Hogan being back in the fold. I don't think that I don't know how to put this and for it to make total sense. I think it's cool to have Hogan back in the fold because he is legit one of the biggest stars ever. He is legit a Hall of Famer. He did legit do amazing things for their business. The industry cannot deny his place in history. But I don't think that Hulk Hogan, like it almost to me, it almost to me would have been better if they'd have held off and, and tell me what you think of this. If they'd have held off and had him come back as Hollywood Hogan, because to me, Hulk Hogan is no longer a hero. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like he, and, and, 
I don't know. It just he's an awesome performer, and he should have his place in history. Um, there are plenty of people who have done plenty of shitty things. That have, you know, I mean, they fucking elevate the ultimate warrior. Look at some of the shit he said, some of the shit he did. Uh, so, you know, they pick and choose their battles. I think Hogan should be in the fold. I think Hogan should be a prominent part of their history. But, again, I don't I don't think, I'm not cool with Hulk Hogan being presented as a hero anymore. If that makes sense. I just, I'm okay with Hogan being a legend. I'm okay with Hogan making an appearance but I'd almost just rather see him as Hollywood Hogan, just be an asshole. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's just my personal opinion. But it would definitely be fucking entertaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to get off into a tangent or anything, but <laughs> the product now, as opposed to the product, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. Is it is it bad because there's no respect for it anymore? That people they don't have that friendships anymore and stuff, and there's not because back in the day it was like you shaked everyone's hands. There was a fucking rule to it. No, I don't think that's it. I really do think that what has killed things especially for the wwe and i guess i mean i guess we're the idiots because we're sitting here saying oh the wwe's killed the WWE they just signed the biggest tv deal they've ever signed but i guess what changed i guess what i'll say is what changed the business and why it's not as appealing to those of us that lived through the 80s and the 90s is I really do think it's the booking. It's become sanitized. It's become a lot of that 50-50 booking. It's become um, the fans want this, but fuck them. We're going to give them this. They're going to eat it and like it. And, I mean, it all goes back to a lack of competition. Um, okay. So is it is it is it the lack of competition that doesn't allow the guys to sit there and say like a Steve Austin saying, nah, fuck that. We're not doing that tonight. I'm not fighting Mark Marrow. He just got power bombed by Sable. Right. And yes, it is because you don't have, you know, back then there was, there was much more of a bargaining chip. And now the WWE is more, okay. Wrestling used to be territorial and that territory, you know, people could say the territories ended when Vince killed him in 84. But, I mean, that's fine. If you look at the WCW, the ECW, et cetera, et cetera, let's be honest. The quote-unquote territories ended in fucking 2001, okay? And until then, it, now it's like, it's not like wrestling anymore. It's like sports, you know? There is the NFL, the NBA the NHL, MLB, and the WWE. <coughs> so there's not... <coughs> it's more like the NFL, where there's not a rival football company. Even though there are other football leagues, like the Arena Foot... Nobody's ever going to say, fuck the NFL, I'm going to the Arena Football League. Right. So the WWE is like the NFL now, where it's not... I'm coming in here 
because this is the territory I'm coming into, but there's other territories I can go to if I don't like it. The new guys look at the WWE like football players look at the NFL. Once I get there, there's nothing else. Well, and I think that's the problem. There, you because... have, I mean, you have your rare individuals like a Cody Rhodes that's like, I don't even want to work there anymore. You know, I don't, right. I don't want to work there. I, I'm cool doing this, but overall. <laughs> it's a completely different world than it was 20 years ago. Completely different. And on top of that, a lot of the guys that work in WWE now have only ever known that. They came up through WWE's Farm League. They came through WWE's per- Performance Center. They're in the WWE. They're in the machine. That's all they know. They don't know anything else. I think you made a, a great point earlier when you said that Daniel Bryan's going to get knocked down the totem pole. Mm-hmm. But John Cena's not because John Cena, yeah, there's not an there's not another uh, wrestling league, but there's Hollywood. Uh, exactly, I was gonna say. <laughs> you think ba- Dave Batista wouldn't tell fucking Vince to go fuck off? Right. No, I'll go back to Marvel. Don't worry about it. Right. No, yeah. they fucking need they need Batista. They need fucking The Rock. They need Brock Lesnar. And that's one they of the need th- John Cena. That's one of the things that they where they that is the thing. Okay, you look at Vince in the early nineties where he kind of fucked himself by getting stuck in his ways with the cartoon characters and everything. That is one, one place where the WWE has fucked themselves in the modern era. And that is they, since they don't spend enough time building enough new stars, these guys, these legacy characters like Taker and Sean and Batista and Cena kind of have them by the balls when WrestleMania season comes around. You know, uh, they 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 spend so little time building new stars and making them mean something that these old stars kind of got them by the nuts. You know, back in the day, if they would have booked, if they booked now the way they booked back then, they could tell an Undertaker or a John Cena, or not that you want to tell Undertaker, but you know what I'm saying. They could tell an Undertaker or a Cena or a Shawn Michaels, oh, fine, you don't want to work, go fuck yourself, Batista. I have 15 other big, huge stars that are making me bunches of money. They don't have that anymore because of the way they book. Right, perfect example with the fucking uh, World Cup. Mm hmm. <laughs> Which and how in the fuck can a World Cup be a World Cup when you have mostly fucking white Americans? <laughs> like it's like you had the fucking you have the diversity on your roster. <laughs> you have the, the fucking diversity. But no, uh... no, let's 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 book fucking Big E fucking slamming Cesaro into a goddamn pumpkin. Yeah, because that. That's that's awesome. Pancakes. That's well, we need to see Vince dance. Well, we have to take a break, sir. Mm. And when we come back from that break, I will bring Aaron into the show so the chaos can start. Exactly. Would you say it's all downhill from here? And uh, it might be. It might or it might <laughs> it might be uphill. Depends on how many beers he's had. Yes. Yeah, it'll be uphill or downhill, one of the two. But when we return, we're just going to keep this is a this is a uh, a free for all episode. This is just a free wheeling talking about whatever episode. I know we each have a couple of things we want to discuss, so 
When we come back, we will bring Aaron into the show and uh, more Freeform coming up. Thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and subscribe to our Facebook page. And uh, you can download the podcast, of course, so you're listening to it, so you know what what, what podcast uh, program you like to use. But if you have a different one, we are available on all of them, including Google Play, Apple, Stitcher, Podbean, anyone you want to listen on. And don't forget to check out the Motley Soup podcast as well. Um, we're going to try to add Aaron to the call here, see if we can get him on the, uh, the broadcast and, uh, see where we go from there. Well, so Nate, is this what we're going to be seeing from now on at Survivor Series champions versus champions? Mm, Probably. I think so. They think, they think that the, uh, they think that even though they've, they fucked over the brand thing like a hundred times that we still care about that. Yeah, fuck the brands. It's fucking <laughs> stupid. It's dumb. Aaron has joined the show. Are you there? Yeah. Welcome. Hey. Welcome to the jungle. We're, uh, gonna die. we've already talked about, we've already got all the conversation about, um, Crown jewel out of the way. Good. So that's all done. <laughs> and uh, death to America I, and all that. The consensus was it was stupid. It, it was, was dumb. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and none of us watched it, so we just went on conjecture and what we read, but it was stupid. So. That being said, I was kind of I was kind of mad though that Hulk Hogan didn't come out with one of those like shiki things on. <laughs> shiki baby, that would been fucking great. <laughs> Say your prayers to Allah and eat your suicide pills, brother. Eat your cyanide. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, Aaron, what's going on? Well, I mean, on the side note, I didn't get to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yet, because mm-hmm. I didn't get off of work in time, but and I know it's not a wrestling thing, but um, I've been telling everybody that they're not stupid enough to uh, kill Rick Grimes, and they did not. So, some people owe me some dollar bills. <laughs> I made some dollar bets with some people about it. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Yeah, so I made like four bucks. <laughs> you know, I got to be honest with you. Walking Dead, that show has, uh, I it jumped the shark with me. Like, season oh. five, season five, I watched the first half of the season, and then I didn't watch the second half of the season until it was on Netflix, and I haven't watched any of this season, and I'm probably just going to wait till it's all on Netflix and watch it, 
but it's it's jumped a shark. I guess it, I don't want to say it's jumped a shark for me, but it's not appointment viewing for me anymore. It's something yeah. I, I can wait. You know, I've been telling people that they're going to make movies, and that's what they're going to do. They make Rick Grime movies. Well, all I know is I haven't been watching that because King of the Hills back on Hulu. I just saw that today. So I have been vigorously watching King of the Hill. Like I, new episodes? No, no. But all the old stuff. I, wow. It hasn't been on any streaming networks in like two years. Um, so I was, I was very happy. <laughs> My name is Bobby. I like to party. If you don't believe me, Watch me work my body. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Put me back in. So, Aaron, did you have any thoughts on Crown Jewel before we discuss anything else we want to discuss on this uh, freeform? No. I told you I was done with the WWE until that was over. So, so, no, now go, so now I can go back to watching it and being just mad. Not even any opinions on Hogan. No. All right. I didn't watch it, so I can't give my opinion of it. Well, I was, who the fuck is he fooling with his goddamn mop sewn into his fucking bandana? <laughs> Brother. Like, goddamn it, Hogan. You know what sucks about the internet age? Our heroes, our fake ass heroes, just can't be our heroes anymore. You know, like no. the people, you... the people. I, I I actually envy the people in the '60s. You know, they 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 had John F. Kennedy, who was a womanizing fucking asshole, and and a, a, a pretty boy, rich, spoiled, womanizing jagoff. But you know what? He wasn't because they didn't have the internet. <laughs> they had three channels. And 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 politics. The politicians were still your heroes because you didn't get to know what kind of fucking creeps they are. I wish sometimes that we were blessed with such ignorance. You know, yeah, if, if only Hulk Hogan could be a hero like, oh, I don't, Bill. Co- oh. What about? Uh, <laughs> fuck, there is no heroes left, are there? No, you can't have you can't have heroes nowadays because people be are, humans are humans. So everybody's I mean, let's be honest, everybody's a fucking douchebag. Everybody's a douchebag. There's not there's not, you know, there's like there's been like three pure people in the history of the world. Jesus Christ, Mr. Rogers and Mother Teresa. Other than that, everybody's a fucking douchebag. <laughs> I don't know, Bob Ross was all right. Eh. I, I heard bet. Mother Teresa smacked puppies. I heard Bob Ross liked hookers. Well, it's, I'm gonna paint, I gonna mean, paint, gonna paint a little tree on your ass cheek there, and do a little coke. <laughs> well, so when the man fucking, I'm gonna get into your happy little bush. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you tell anybody about that bush. That's our secret. <laughs> is a true hero. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy? Yeah. The comedian? Yeah, because, well, <laughs> supposed comedian. God darn it, he tries. 
I mean, with that guy's looks and moderate talent, he still pulled down Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> that dude is like, a hero. It's like Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson. Yeah. So, <laughs> that dude is a hero. So, topic-wise, for this conversation we're having, Kyle, I know you had something you want to discuss. Yep. So, Aaron, did you have anything specific? Just my, uh, I have 13 wrestlers or people in the wrestling business that I'm going to ask you guys if they're dead or not dead. All right. So. It's morbid, I know, but I don't really care. It's all right. Fuck it. We can do morbid. We just had, you know, WWE just did a show in Saudi Arabia four days after they did an all-woman's show. So, morbid's kind of the theme of the week. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, I did make a tremendous joke online. A mm-hmm. guy said that um, if they want to get Braun Strowman over as a face, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to do a blade job. And I was like, uh, "Blade job in Saudi Arabia has a totally different meaning." <laughs> Ask Khashoggi. Oh wait, you can't. No, oh, that was in Turkey. I'm I don't, sorry. I don't, think should, I don't think they should do that. <laughs> <laughs> that you know that Khashoggi story. I'm sorry, we're going off a of wrestling here, but that, didn't that story just keep that poor guy? Didn't that just keep getting worse and worse? <laughs> It's like, well, he went into the consulate and he never came out. We don't know what happened. He might be kidnapped. Okay, so it turns out he was strangled and cut into pieces. It turns out that the minute he walked through the door, <laughs> they they put a bag over the man's head and then they cut him to pieces. Oh, it turns out the minute he walked through the door, they put a bag over his head, cut him to pieces, and they dissolved his body in acid. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. What a bad Tuesday. Hmm. Sorry. Talk about morbid, but... It comes in Tuesdays, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I just randomly picked Tuesday. I don't remember what goddamn day he died. Um, all right. <laughs> so we'll It'd go... It would worse if it was a Monday. would be like, ah, Mondays, am I right? <laughs> all over the world. Yeah. USA, Turkey, doesn't matter. I just, I feel bad for those people that's like, ah, I don't want to go bag groceries today. Be like, well, (laughs) it could be this guy. (laughs) It could be a Khashoggi. So, Kyle. Yes. Your uh, thing you wanted to discuss. What is everyone's opinion? What makes a good match? In your own personal opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this guy. (laughs) Brute. Yes. <laughs> well, let me tell you something real quick. Me and me and Aaron, we uh, we we fucking we made uh, congregated the bar this past weekend for Halloween, and goddamn, it was fucking packed, and there was a lot of fucking uh, Harley Quinns. A lot of Harley Quinns? Yeah. Oh, it's becoming cliche. Yeah. Hmm. So that's the new slutty outfit, I guess. Have either one of you seen uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker yet? Yes, I have. What do you think? I'm, I'm interested. I'll watch it. I mean, anything's better than Jared Leto. Yeah. So... There was one dude that was dressed up as Beetlejuice. 
Not the short black guy, but the actual real <laughs> But uh, <laughs> so nobody put him in a trash can. No, unfortunately not. But I think he puked in one though. <laughs> he probably did. And I said, "Man, I feel sorry for that guy because I've passed out before with fucking face paint on. <laughs> it's not fun. You know what else isn't fun when you pass out is in the bathroom. <laughs> I had that happen to me a couple weekends ago. I passed out in my buddy's bathroom." puke all over myself and all over the floor and everyone just walked over me to fucking take a piss. I hope the Beetlejuice guy passed out in somebody's yard where they had like fake trees. Yeah. So, so when he woke up he was like, hey lady, <laughs> nice fucking model. <laughs> but yeah. I, have you ever done that where you passed out somewhere and no one helps you? Hmm. <sighs> Pisses you off. You wake up and like, why the fuck no one helped me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember I was at a party one time and, yeah, I passed. I passed out in a bathroom. And when I came to, there was some chick in the bathroom on the toilet just taking a piss. I'm just laying on the floor. She's just on the toilet taking a piss. Like, nobody's going to fucking check on me or nothing. You're just walking over me and taking a dump, taking a piss, whatever. Fuck him. Well, that's where he lies. Mm-hmm. That's where it was. That's Nate, fucking... Nate's, Nate's final resting place on the goddamn tile. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> Wake up with fucking vomit all over yourself, and it's like, ugh. Never had the, never had walking home. I've never had the vomit on myself. Oh, you're lucky. <laughs> Is this another mark for edit thing? Oh, no. No. Okay. No, this is our What was Kyle's question? What makes a good wrestling match? In your opinion, when you sit down and watch a match, what is it that you're looking for in that match? You go, that was a good fucking match. It holds a. It's funny because that one actually holds a multiple. It's, there's multiple scenarios for that one because there are there are different types of matches. Like if I'm watching, if I'm watching two guys that I know are going to give me a technical wrestling match, then I want a good long story with good selling. Maybe some submission holds, you know, a hope spot. Um, but then if I'm watching Terry Funk and Sabu in a barbed wire match, I'm looking for something completely different. So I guess the most consistent thing is I'm looking for I'm looking for a good story to be told. Regardless of what type of a match it is, I don't want and I hate 50-50 booking, too. Um, I don't know. I mean, if that if any of that made any sense, it's just, it's hard to... Uh, so, if I'm, if I'm looking at it as, I want to watch a good wrestling match, right? Like, are we taking hardcore out of the equation? I guess, okay. Let me, let me put it, maybe I phrase it the wrong way. Like, all right, so... Is let's let's look at 
for just an example, Hulk versus Andre WrestleMania three. Yeah, not that great of a match, but the build up was amazing. Mm-hmm. The so, the slam it goes down in infamy. Is it so much as a fact of everything that happens from bell to bell is important, or is it? I mean, do you seriously watch it from bell to bell? Like, oh, that was a great drop kick. Oh, yeah, it was good. Or is it? Are you looking for certain parts in that match to go? Wow, is it the build up to the match? No, because I don't include that as part of the match. I include that as part of the reason to make me want to watch the match. So, therefore, if I'm talking about the match, because I've watched a, I've watched wrestling matches before where there was no build up and there was no story, but it was a good match. And I'm going to give you two examples. Three examples, actually. Um, one is, and Aaron will agree with me on this one, the Barbarian and the Big Boss Man at the 1991 Royal Rumble. It's a really good match. The Barbarian was not feuding with... The, now, Bobby Heenan was feuding with the Boss Man, and he was, he was managing the Barbarian, but there was no personal heat feud between Barbarian and boss man and when the match started it was like oh whatever this is just going to be two guys having a match that i don't care about and then by the time the match was over i really cared about it because they they gave me for two especially for two big guys they gave me they didn't give you any high-flying shit of course obviously those two guys don't do that so you wouldn't expect it but they gave you hope spots they gave you um, what they could do as far as what you would call high spots. And there's even times in the match, if you don't know the result, you would think that Barbarian might actually win this thing. Even though he was the lesser character of the two guys. And they just beat the fuck out of each other for about, you know, nine and a half, ten minutes. The other one I'll bring up is there's a match on... The when they were doing those ECW reunion shows, what were they called? The hardcore hardcore homecoming. Hardcore homecomings. There's a match between Two Cold Scorpio and Jerry Lynn that has absolutely no build up. There's no feud to the match or anything, and they have one of my favorite my one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time in that pay-per-view because they just, it was just two guys that were very good at their craft doing the best match they could. And it was fantastic. And then the other one, cause I'm kind of trying to pick random ones, not like your obvious ones, like obviously Shawn Michaels and the undertaker at WrestleMania 25 or, or Rick Steamboat and Ric Flair. I'm trying to pick ones that, that capture me, even though they're not a big deal. There's another one. It's at the fuck. Um, <clears throat> it's not the International Incident pay per view in '96. It's the, or it might be. It's either International Incident or the one before that. Anyway, Mick Foley, Mankind was supposed to have a match with Jake Roberts, and Jake Roberts was hurt, so he has a match with Henry Godwin. It is. It is Henry Godwin and Mankind is one of the 
coolest matches I've ever seen. Those two have a match that wasn't even supposed to happen on that pay-per-view between two guys who had no business having a good match together. And it's just, it's a great match. Even though <coughs> you know Mankind's going to win, the match itself is good because the two guys worked good together and had chemistry. So... <clears throat> I guess I've gone like I always do with anything. I've gone a long way to tell a short story. But just two people working well together and capturing my suspensive belief and capturing my... making me want to watch them wrestle each other. Just I, I, I guess it's chemistry, you know? Right, I think that's the biggest thing. And, yeah, I mean, there's exceptions to the rule of having, you know, but I think a lot of it is the build-up to, to said match. I mean, you look at WCW, it's a perfect example. In 96, 97, and even 98, and somewhat 99, it was a lot of, I don't want to say filler underneath, but it was stuff that really didn't have a lot of storylines. Well, okay. But it was, but it was great. It was great matches, but it was always leading up to, oh, it's going to be Hogan versus Savage, and the match would suck. Yeah, the biggest example that I could say here but, is, is why I'm saying that the buildup doesn't. The the premise of the question is what makes a good match. And 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 the biggest thing I would say, the, the biggest example I can give you of buildup. Not having anything to do with the match itself, and you made the, you 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 brought it up, and it's there, it's right there in front of my face. Hulk Hogan and Sting at Starcade '97. That match is fucking terrible. It's a bad one. It's terrible. <laughs> so it wasn't a good match. So all the buildup they did, and that's why I use that as the prime example because not only is it buildup. But it's like a fucking year and a half of buildup to what should be the biggest match in that company's history, the best match in that company's history ever, and it is ass. The match is ass. There's nothing good about it. The match isn't good. The performers don't do a good job. The finish is stupid. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. So, and that's why when I heard... You wanted to talk about what defines a good match. I was thinking from bell to bell. And that's why I brought up matches that didn't have a particular build-up. But once I watched the match, it captured my imagination. Well, and I guess really what this was supposed to be a conversation of was, it is it the in-ring work or is it the build-up? It's the in-ring work, if I'm talking about the match. Because well, I'm saying in general, matches are generally pro wrestling. Matches are generally the beginning, the end, the middle of an angle. You know, when you're talking about pro wrestling, um, you have a story. Essentially, pro wrestling is a story with matches interlaced in between. Um, if that makes sense. Exactly, but see, to me they have to go hand in hand because to me, it's like you want to see either a heel get his ass whooped or you want to see a good guy overcome. Mm -hmm. And I, 
there's never been one match that I have watched that I've enjoyed of two big men. Really? Because it's fun for the first two minutes of the the two bowls facing off. But after that, it's like when they're supposedly equally matched, it's like, what, where do you go from there? Oh, go watch that Barbarian Boss Man match. That'll show you. No, I'm saying there's exceptions to the rules. Right. And, you know, but, I mean, to me, the perfect match would be you need to have your big bruising bad guy versus your fucking, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say smaller no, good guy, no, but. It, it is. It's, a, you know, but. Baby faces, baby faces are generally smaller. Um, that's kind of the the formula, I guess. Well, and I, to me personally, this is this is something that I uh, that I was kind of thinking about the other day. I think the reason why Stone Cold Steve Austin and Goldberg were the two biggest stars was because they were easily transferable. It was easy for you to put yourself into that character's. Put yourself into that character, right? More, because more, more Austin, boots. more Austin than Goldberg. Well, but even, but even though it's black boots, black trunk, black trunks, it's it's not flashy like Shawn Michaels. It's fucking the average Joe watching the streets like oh, I could be fucking Steve Austin, right? I think that's it's that's the thing. It's that we're missing today. It's I know, but that doesn't make a match. Right, but what I'm saying is, what well, I'm trying to get to Claire, is Aaron, uh, chime in here. What is what? It, what makes a good match for you? What's what's your? Not anything involving Goldberg. <laughs> that much. <laughs> Tell me a good goal like a like a that was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen involving Goldberg. It doesn't exist. Him and Paige had a good match of Halloween Havoc. They had a match. They had a match that was that was decent for two guys that weren't very good. Like that's not an accomplishment. That's just a luck out. They they just they lucked out. Like, I mean, you are you are you are judging it against Warrior and Hogan. So what one match? Yeah, I mean, one match in your entire career. And I'm not even saying anything bad about Gold. Like I shouldn't say I'm not saying anything bad about Goldberg. I'm like to me a good match is two guys that know what they're doing, that are telling a good story inside the inside the concept of the match, not the angle, but the story of the match. And it's a give receive. They sell. They they work to the crowd that's in the building, not. Like I know people say, oh, they got to work the TV, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta incorporate your crowd into it. That's something the WWE doesn't do anymore. They don't go off of crowd reaction. Nobody in that company knows what to do if the fans pivot. Your fans are part of your match too. You know that they they tell the story if they're sitting on their hands or they're booing the guy they're supposed to be cheering. It, it takes it out and. You need a you need an excellent referee that knows what the fuck he's doing, and and can sense and tell. Hey, we need to change this. We need to change this on the fly. They're not buying what we're selling, and we need to change it. And like I said, they can't do. There's nobody that can do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So 
to me, it's there's all kinds of things that go into it, but at the end of the day, it's just the guys that are in the ring telling the story that they're supposed to tell. And so, I mean, so I guess I'll pivot to this. Speaking of pivot, to to build on your to build on your premise, Kyle. Mm-hmm. I want you. I, I I did it with three matches. So what I would say is, tell me three matches that you really enjoy that weren't part of a big orchestrated storyline. And that'll kind of tell you what you, you know, other than, other than that kind of a match that's part of like a, like a Shawn Michaels Undertaker or Shawn Michaels Bret Hart or what have you that's part of a bigger storyline, that'll tell you what makes a match to you. Because if two guys can go out there with no prior hype no prior storyline anything like that and just wow you with their in-ring work that's your favorite kind of match that's what makes a match for you okay so how do i want to put this so let's look let's look at a perfect example is like will osprey versus uh what the hell's his name? Ricochet. Yeah. Where it was, you know, this this match that people fucking raved about and everything else. And see that hell, but 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 even even any of the matches that happen throughout the country right now, I'm sure PWG has great matches. I'm sure fucking, you know, right. But the, but the point is that. You know, you you talk to any wrestler, they tell you from the minute you walk out that curtain, you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, yes, two people can have a great match. You know, you look at... Well, see, but I... And that that's where... That's where this whole topic becomes subjective. Because I watched Will Ospreay wrestle Ricochet, and I didn't see a wrestling match. I saw a ballet. Exactly. It's hot garbage. Yeah. It's it is to me and and I'm not downplaying those guys. Don't get me wrong. I think Ricochet can have a really good match. I've never seen a Will Ospreay match I particularly care for, but Ricochet is really good. He can be. But that match being regarded by some wrestling fans as a great match to them it is, but to me it's not because the entire thing looked choreographed. The entire well, thing, like the entire time you're watching it, there is no kayfabe whatsoever. I didn't, I did not get myself lost in that match at all. None of it looked real to me. It looked like two guys doing a dance performance to me, and that's well, not knocking them. And and, and, and no. that, a lot of times it comes down to that. People think when you talk about stuff like that, you're knocking the talent. Those two guys are two talented guys. They do something I can't do. They are good at what they do. But the matches they had together or the match they had together or whatever, when I watched it, I was terribly unimpressed and thought they both should have been wearing women's underwear. It wasn't impressive to me. It was it was lame. But then I watch Ricochet wrestle Pete Dunne, and that's a completely different thing. They put on a completely different kind of match that caught me. Right. I, I always think back to my my ex-wife 
the first time I showed her wrestling, you know, she kind of got into it and kind of watched and everything. And I'll never forget, I showed her ECW's One Night Stand, the first one. Mm-hmm. And in that mat, in that show, there is it's Chris Jericho versus Lance Storm. Mm-hmm. And she says something that fucking stood with me. She's like, wow, this looks fucking choreographed. Like, it looks like they're just fucking... Like, it just it looks staged. Right, but what did she say about Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome? Do you see She's what I'm like, saying? She's like, holy shit. <laughs> right, like, exactly. I wouldn't want to be the fucking guy taking the power bomb outside the fucking... Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka are two of the most underrated wrestlers ever. You want to watch three standalone matches that have no angle that I know of or that I can remember, and you just don't show anybody the angle. Just watch the match. Yes. Watch the Orient Express versus the Rockers from Royal Rumble 1991. Hoorah! Watch <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow versus Barry Windham from Starcade 1988, and watch... And I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact date, but watch Brett the Hitman Hart versus the One Two Three Kid from 1994 on a Monday Night Raw. Mm, July, three, July something 94. It's it's three totally different styles of matches with different type of people in it. You know, like Barry Windham is a big motherfucker, okay, and. Bam Bam Bigelow was a big motherfucker, and those guys tear it up. Okay, so I don't mean to like disparage nobody, but or whatever. But two big guys, if they can go, can have some damn good matches. And those two lit it up at that Starcade. And then the Rockers and the Express. If that had anything, it was just you know they might have cut promos on each other on the event center, but it wasn't like the Orient Express like attacked the Rockers and missed them and all this other stuff that I if I can't remember it anyway. No, that and, match that match had no feud. And Brett and the one two three kid was a one off of Bret Hart's giving the kid a chance. You know what I mean? And they tell an amazing story in that thing. And those three styles right if you want to see what makes a good match, watch those three matches and there you go. All right, Mr. Kyle. Yes. To put you on the spot. Because <laughs> it was your topic. Yeah. What are your three? No build-up. No feud. What are three matches? What are three matches in your wrestling fandom that have stood out to you as this is just plain and simple a good match? A great match. And you, can, think, you can tell when I you... think I think uh, first one's going to be Shawn Michaels versus Shelton Benjamin on Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. Fantastic match. There was no build up. It was a surprise. It's like, oh, hey, look. I remember being jacked as fuck when that match came on and being yeah. thoroughly entertained by it. Let me think, because there's a lot of them. Let me think. <laughs> continue, continue talking. Continue talking. Are you going to go Booty Man, Diamond Dallas Page? No, I had a storyline. <laughs> That's like Sting and Hogan. <laughs> well, yeah. It had a storyline, but the payoff wasn't particularly good. 
Neither uh, was the storyline. I have to say, to be honest with you, <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of people talk about Hogan and Warrior at Halloween Havoc 98 is like the worst match ever or whatever, like the worst major pay-per-view match ever or whatever. Sting and Hogan really is the best let, the worst letdown ever. That Starcade 97, that match is just such a letdown. If, yeah. you, if you watch the entire story of it from beginning to end, it's like the worst ending to a wrestling story ever. I'm not talking about from 2012 to now, because 2012 to now is a bad wrestling storyline with a bad ending. <laughs> but I'm talking about when it was good. It's the reason just, it was a bad ending is because it wasn't an ending. Not that. It was just the match was fucking terrible, and the finish was bad. And the, the, yeah, and the, said the ending wasn't even an ending. Like, that right. Should have been, that should have been the end of the NWO. Yes. Sting should have been triumphant. There shouldn't have been fucking doubt. He should have won clear cut, you know, after like a 15-minute decent match. And it wouldn't be that bad. Because I can put up with a Hogan match, you know. Sometimes a Hogan by the numbers match is a good thing. It's not bad. But, I mean, and Hogan could work. People say what they want about Hogan. But you watch Hogan and Savage, it's not all Savage. Hogan could fucking work. He just didn't want to. Watch watch Hulk Hogan and Harley Race. Mm Mm-hmm. You no, know, and I know Harley Race. Even then, when he went to the WWF, in terms of age, wasn't an old guy. You know, mm-hmm. but, but you think of Harley Race being ancient because he's been around for like you know what right. I mean. The dude started wrestling when he was like four, right? <laughs> like so Regal, he, it's like Regal. <laughs> yeah, so you think about this guy being all old and everything, but like when he was managing Vader, he was like fifty six, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, so. In '88 or whatever, when he fought Hogan, he wasn't a, he wasn't an old man. Or or just I mean, the biggest evidence. But, of, but in the I'm shape sorry. that Ho, in the shape that Harley Race was in, like that's another match. Watch that match. That match had no right to be as good as it was. Mm-hmm. But it was two guys that you know respect each other respected each other i should say shouldn't say respected because they're still both alive but you know two guys that like respect each other mm-hmm. go out there and harley race harley race didn't have to, i mean i know it ended his career but harley race didn't have to put himself through a table for well, hulk hogan well and again that's where and like you no know, and you know and you know hulk hogan wasn't like i need you to put yourself through the table brother you know what <laughs> i mean if harley race would have said i'm not doing that hulk hogan would have been like you're right you're not doing that what are we doing you know then I mean? So, and that's that's the other thing too is is that what I was saying before. Another thing that makes a great match is the chemistry between the two guys. There's a reason that the Ultimate Warrior's best match was with Hulk Hogan because those two guys had a chemistry. I know a lot of people think that Warrior, or I don't want to say think, like my opinion, wrestling's subjective like art. I know a lot of people's opinion is that Warrior's best match was the retirement match with Savage. And it was good, but the Hogan-Warrior match is better. Like, I think I think a lot of the, the Warrior-Savage nostalgia or romance over that match comes from the fact that it was a career career match comes from the fact of the Elizabeth at the end. The match 
to me is not better than Hogan and Warrior. Hulk Hogan proved at WrestleMania. If you ever want to watch Hulk Hogan be the worker, <laughs> watch that WrestleMania six match. Hogan made Warrior in that match. Um, he led Warrior to a really good emotional wrestling match, and he he was a super f- professional. And that's one of those matches again, like I said, where you can see Hogan. Hogan doesn't get enough credit for the fact that when he needed to be a worker, he could he could be a really good worker. Then Hogan put all that work in, and then the Ultimate Warrior was an ass hat. Threw through the belt on the ground. <laughs> he celebrated. All right. So real Fuck quick, guy. have you collected your thoughts, Kyle? I have. With yes. Our, with our ranting, uh, I was. We mentioned earlier the uh, um, Mike Awesome mm-hmm. for a match that had no buildup. Goddamn, did those two beat the fuck out of each other? Oh, that match is one of my favorite matches ever. And then I like you remember- to me. I'm sorry, I know I'm going off topic. No, yeah, okay. Go to, ahead, go ahead. Go to me, topic. to me. In the dying days of WCW, Mike Awesome is one of the biggest misses. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but they had their hands on one of the... You don't hear people say it, and I don't care if they like it or not, but they had their hands on one of the best big men ever. And they wasted it. Because people can say what they want about how he never, you know, he never really... I think that with the right booking, he could have made it past that level that he got to. And I, I'm, I'm, I, from whatever thing I understood, he had some demons too. But Mike Awesome was fucking badass. Like he was better. He wasn't better than like Bam Bam or Vader, but he was he was better than Sid. Yeah, and he was better than. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else I could put in that category. Uh, he was better than Nash. <clears throat> anyway. He's also the rare guy that has better music on the WWE Network than he did when he was wrestling. <laughs> like his ECW Network music is yeah. badass. <laughs> like him and Mikey Whipwreck. What's the last one you're thinking of, Kyle? I, I challenged you to three. Evan Bourne versus Randy Orton. I'd have to watch the match because I don't remember it. It's the one where Evan Bourne hits it, goes to hit his shooting star or whatever it is, and Randy catches him with the RKO to finish it. I'd have to go back and watch it. But, uh, I mean, I will. I'll look it it's, up. It's, a, it's an awesome spot. It's something I found... It's a- it's something it's I found recent. It's something I found recently on the WWE Network that I had never taken advantage of before. Their search engine on there is actually very, very specific. It's really cool. Anyway, go ahead, Kyle. Well, okay, so I'm going to type in inappropriate stuff and see what pops up first. <laughs> but my the be all end all point that I'm I'm trying to to make and is when you look at somebody like Ultimate Warrior, okay? And he is in the ring with someone who 
is good, they can get a good match out of him. That's not. But does it? But does it really matter? Because the point is that Warriors sold fucking tickets. He did. But, and you but, know, but I, you know, here's here's where I disagree with Warrior. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was not that great of a pro wrestler. Like in the ring, but he could talk people in that building. <clears throat> yeah, but Dusty had good matches. Warrior didn't really. I okay, and here's where I argue the point with Warrior. Warrior's a scumbag. Well, that too, but <sighs> all right, Warrior, the Ultimate Warrior. Other than when I was a babbling ten-year-old kid. in my opinion, has two good matches. WrestleMania 6 main event and <laughs> WrestleMania 7 with Savage. And there there are people that say, oh, Rick Rude carried him to a good match at WrestleMania 5. No, he didn't. Um, Rick Rude, for all his intents and purposes, didn't carry Warrior to a good match at WrestleMania 5. Rick Rude was a great worker and he wrestled Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 5 and the result got a good reaction because heels did what heels do and cheated him out of the title. The match is fucking gross. It's terrible. And it's not Rude's fault. So again, I say it's chemistry because Warrior, whether whether he was money motivated or whatever, he had good chemistry with Hogan and he had good chemistry with Savage, and that's why those are the two guys he had his best matches with. And I guess that's the best way to 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 to, to put it too is a shitty wrestler like an Ultimate Warrior is only going to have good matches with people he has good chemistry with. You know, like Ric Flair, for for all that he's worth, probably couldn't have had a great match with El Gigante. Actually, he didn't have a great match with El Gigante. <laughs> uh, it, and like I said, this is not this is not a, like, this is not a knock on what people... It's a subjective art form. It really is. Because the fact is that, you know, for us, the, the greatest wrestler of all time is Ric Flair. For you guys. But. But. For you guys. Well, and Shawn Michaels. For for me, Ric Flair's the third greatest professional wrestler of all time. The point is that up and down our list, <laughs> that we're going to have tremendous workers in that ring. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that there is never and there will never be anybody more popular with everyone than Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who when arguably when Steve Austin hit his fucking stride and was the biggest selling thing in the fucking world, he was hurt and didn't do a whole lot oh, yeah, of Hulk, wrestling in the uh, ring. Oh yeah, absolutely. Stone Cold had his best matches before he was Stone Cold. Like, bell to bell, other than the match with Brett at WrestleMania 13, he had his best matches in WCW in, like, 93 and... They were 92 and 93. So, no, you're absolutely right. Like, there is... There's an entertainment aspect to it, too, that doesn't get taken into account enough. I don't even know how... 
that's that's like another hour conversation. It, you it know? is, but the, and that's my my be all end all point is is it the wrestling inside the ring that makes a good match, or is it the storytelling, the showmanship? that makes it truly memorable. Mm. Is it... I guess it depends on... Then Then you get to the point where it depends on the performer. Now, and now here's the other question to that, and this is the double-sided coin to that. Is it the venue? Nah. Because, okay. No, no, it's not. Because, like, Aaron, Aaron brought up the Bret Hart 1-2-3 kid match. And... That was when they were in, what was it called? Like the Fernwood Gardens or whatever? Yeah. So. But, okay. Uh, and so yes, you're take, right. Take, I mean. Let's take Bret Hart versus 123Kid and you put that in WrestleMania. Would it be that much better? Mm, no. But maybe for you it would. And and that's where that's where the match thing becomes subjective because. <sighs> I don't. I guess. I guess I shouldn't say that it would be better. I guess more memorable. That yeah, yes. Back on. Yes. Possibly, and and that's because, and again, that's why I say things about this generation and what they think is great and what we, you know, we're the old guys saying this is garbage, but <clears throat> that goes back to, is it? We lived in an era of the big spectacle matches, you know, in the big spectacle arenas and et cetera, et cetera. And, and now, or I guess I should say we, we lived in those moments, but we also lived through those moments in the mid nineties where we were wrestling fans and, and, and 99.9% of the population wasn't. Whereas now, They've grown up in the era where WrestleMania is not WrestleMania. WrestleMania is like Comic-Con for wrestling, where it's this huge spectacle. It's in this 90-something thousand people arena. It's, I mean, it's just a completely different thing. So it all goes back to what you know, what you like, what, you're, what you grew up with. What, I mean, you know, there's so much that goes into it. Like I'm sure there's 14 year old kids today that are going to tell me the greatest wrestling match of all time is Seth Rollins versus such and such, because that's what they know. That's what Seth Rollins is in their generation is the greatest wrestler. Period. Him and AJ Styles. They heard about this old guy Bret Hart, or they heard about this old guy Shawn Michaels who is bald now and wrestled in Saudi Arabia. But to them, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor is just the greatest thing they've ever seen because guess what? It's what they've seen. It's what they know. All right. Well, and here's a question for all you guys out there. Leave us a message on Facebook. I have, Tell us what you guys think. I have two email questions from our listeners. Oh, nice. I do. And 
since Aaron's thing, his dead or not dead, is going to be the next thing of the show. And both questions that I got were for him. They were for me? Yeah. You got two questions from our listeners on because I put on Facebook if they want to send any questions to us, they could send them to, you know, we can't wrestle at gmail.com, folks. And I got two of them over the past couple of weeks. And. Boxer briefs? Huh? <laughs> I mean, no, it's not a, it's not a Clinton question. <laughs> You don't have to be like, I did not have sexual relations. It's boxer briefs and chicken nuggets. <laughs> well, we'll take a break, and when we come back... What are the questions? I'll ask them to you as the main event. Oh, I didn't hear you say that. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> are these like real? No, I was explaining it, and you were like, boxer briefs. I was just answering the questions. I figured that like, they wanted to know what I wear. <laughs> no. And what I drink. And it's Boxer Breeze and Budweiser. Sounds like a You're cunt. a fucking true blue American. That should be followed by Woo! It's going to be the name of my autobiography. <laughs> Boxer Breeze and Budweiser. <laughs> We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will play Aaron's game show of Dead or Not Dead. And we will also hit up these questions from the Gmail account. And I do have, um, I have two for Aaron. I do have one for you, Kyle. Okay. These are like real people? Yeah. You yeah. like make these up? <laughs> no, I didn't make these up. <laughs> make it sound like people are emailing us. Nope, I got I got a few. Um, They're not from mom, are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> How's the marriage? No, I, I deleted those. Um. So anyway, we'll come back with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast right after this, and we will proceed. Wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And uh, coming up, Aaron's segment here in Dead or Not Dead. I like this idea. It's fun. Morbid, but fun. I love it. I was playing Red Dead Redemption. Which Red Dead Redemption. Everybody should buy. And um, to communicate with people, you hit L2, okay? Mm-hmm. And then it gives you the option to ask them a question or start a conversation. And then to quick draw your gun and fire R2. Okay. okay. Well, I was riding down the street on my horse, <laughs> and a, a blind man comes out of nowhere and goes, Sir, can you help a poor blind man? And I accidentally hit R2, <laughs> blasted him in the face. 
And I just, I have a vision of you be like, no, 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 and it's not I what just, I meant to do. And then I just got on my horse and rode away. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played a video game and did something where I was like, I feel like a shit person. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I just shot an old blind frontier man in the face. He didn't even see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy was just like, can you help a poor blind man? <laughs> Ain't got time for your shit, Ray Charles. <laughs> I shot that dude right in the face. Oh, goody, goody. <laughs> like, I was like, shit, man. He's a ruthless bastard in the old west. Yes, and doesn't even know what he's doing. Nope. <laughs> All right, it's your turn. Dead or not dead? Okay. Um, I don't know. I'll let you guys both pick. Yeah, you know, let's see who's the the winner. I don't know. So, who wants to be the guy that gets to guess first on each of these? Kyle can and you guys that. can guess the same thing if you want. That's fine. Kyle can do that. He can be yeah, first. first. Okay. Um, first name, Kyle, is Bob Geigel. Is he dead or not dead? Oh, he's dead. Nate? I, I think Bob Geigel is still kicking. Um, Bob Geigel seems like one of those guys that would hold on like grim not- death. <laughs> oh, he is dead. Oh. Ah! He died on October 30th, 2014. I'll be damned. Recipes, Bob Hagel. <laughs> you, you Coke bottle glasses wearing mother... Bob Geigel always looked kind of stupid to me. Like, didn't he? He, he sounded looked... stupid, too. <laughs> didn't he look kind of like a dummy? Like, and he <laughs> sounded stupid, and according to Rick Flair, he was stupid. And <laughs> talk about how he'd have to be struggling with all these people because they'd want to do, they'd want Flair to do shit, you know, that the NWA champion shouldn't do. Like, come out, come out first, you know? Mm-hmm. And Flair had to be able to deal with all this shit, and he knew that Bob Geigel was just sitting somewhere in his... In his shower shoes with a stupid toothpick in his mouth. <laughs> collected money. Recluded like Bob Geigel. Um, and as somebody on a on the internet posted and made me laugh, said he looked like Junior Soprano. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it cracked me up. Um, the next guy is Tom Zank. Dead or not dead, guys? I think Tom Zank's still alive. I think Tom Zank is dead. Tom Zink is dead. Oh, poor Tom Zink. Rest in peace. Tom Zink is. This is so stupid. He's <laughs> he's wrestling. He's in wrestling heaven right now. Take it in the butt from Jim Barnett for a good payday. My boy. <laughs> uh, uh, Hack Myers. By the way, Tom Zink just died on December 9th, two thousand seventeen. Hack Myers. Oh, he's dead. Dead. It is a fire. This sounds like a cigar smoking, whiskey drinking son of a bitch. You know who Hack Myers is? The Shah of ECW? Yeah. I mean, he's dead. <laughs> he died on December 5th of 2015. 
Let's say anybody with a name, first name Hack is a fucking. Well, it's not his real name. I know, but <laughs> still, that's just that, a fucking. The next guy on my list. I'm actually surprised he made it to fucking, what'd you say, 2015? Yes. Good for him. The next guy on my list is uh, one half of a former tag team in WCW, King Kong. One half of the awesome Kongs. Oof. Is that man alive or dead? I'm going to go alive. Heart disease or diabetes has to have taken King Kong by now. King Kong is still alive. Fuck me. He ain't kicking, <laughs> but he's still alive. Hey, hey I Kyle. Said, I was going to say, yeah. Kyle, you know the King Kongs, right? Or the awesome right. Kongs or... Did I ever? Aaron knows the joke, but I ever tell you my joke about them? Uh oh! I think that they should have formed a team, and they should have called themselves the Crisco Brothers. <laughs> I mean, I know they already formed a team, but they should have formed a new gimmick and called it the Crisco Brothers. I like it. <laughs> He's still alive. I'll be goddamned. All right. Oh, so we lost. <laughs> Tom Zank is dead. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero is dead. Yeah. And that these men, both, still these men both died of heart attacks. But that fat fuck is still alive. So at the end of the day, I guess pizza, <laughs> and Pringles, and no wrestling and, talent, and lard. Is is better than steroids. Well, you know, when your whole body's made of lard, it's hard to. He has to have at least lost a leg by now. He'll find it. <laughs> Next on my list, Alex Porto. The pug. Alex Porto. Uh, I'm gonna say alive. I agree. I think Alex Porto's still alive. He is not dead, so good job, guys. <laughs> All right, Alex Porto's still alive. Good for him. He seems like the kind of guy that would eat, like, boiled chicken. <laughs> Alex, he is, somewhere, he is somewhere working at a Circle K. Alex Porto is one of those guys that, back in the day, I liked him until he came to the WWF. Like, I liked him in the Global Wrestling Federation. He was good there. But when he came to the WWF as the pug, he sucked. Yep. All right, another promoter, Ken Mantell. Mm. Ken Mantell. I uh, dead. Well, I know Bill Mercer's still alive, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with some hope here and say Ken Mantell is still kicking. Ken Mantell is not dead. Ah. He is no. Um. Good for you. Next on my list, Skandar Akbar. Who? Skandar Akbar. Oh. He's dead. Dead. Yep. I knew he was dead. I, I that one I didn't have to guess on. I knew Skandar was dead. Okay. One of the uh, one of I, the one of the best managers that never made it to the WWE. He was also like He was he was fantastic. You know, 
But super lazy with his gimmick. Yeah, I was about to say that. Like, he was supposed to be, like, some oil Iranian guy, but he's just out there talking like a Texan, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let me tell you something, Carrie Von Eric. Like, he didn't even try. <laughs> he just put on the shit and went out there and did it. Like, he at least tried. Like, Fuji was ridiculous, but at least he was trying, you know? Speaking of, uh... Like, how, what kind of Saudi oil man is out there and be like, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> Speaking of Texas, Tennessee, and I, we'll get back to dead, not dead, but uh, hopes and, or thoughts and prayers or whatever the fuck, um, to Burt Prentice. Apparently, Burt Prentice is in the hospital in bad health. I don't know him, so. <laughs> I just read it online that he's not uh, doing well. well. You're looking these up online? No, I read it online earlier that he's not. Somebody posted it in a Facebook group. Well, say, how did you get any wrong if you're looking him up online? <laughs> no, I'm not looking. I'm talking about earlier when I read it online that Burt Prentice is not doing well. Well, Burt Prentice, uh, get well soon. Or die, and you can be on Dead or Not Dead in a couple of months. Yeah, like all the big stars. <laughs> Next on my list. Joe Gomez. Is that guy dead? Or is that guy alive? Well, he was dead in that segment with the horseman. <laughs> yeah, dead <laughs> I would he say he's alive. He not for his partner at all. That was one of the, Do you know what we're talking about, Kyle? Yes. <laughs> that guy was completely <laughs> fucking useless. Renegade at least is trying to defend himself. That's fucking bad when you fucking get out done by the, ca- the cameras come on and Joe Gomez is just out automatically, just out. <laughs> All right, Joe, Joe Gomez, Gomez, Kyle, dead, dead. Joe Gomez is dead. Yes. No, he isn't. Oh, his career is. He's still alive. I know Joey Mags is dead. He's not on my list, <clears throat> so he just add people. <laughs> Next on my list is Big Bully Busick. Uh, dead. Dead. Yep. <laughs> yep. In his, my opinion, his death gets I, one Jeff Farmer yet. <laughs> in my no, in my opinion, Big Bully Busick was a was an underused character. Was an underused character. That character had legs, man. They should have done some more with that guy. I'm not saying he would have ever been like Intercontinental Champion or whatever, but he could have been like a good foil for some. You know what I mean? Yeah, with that with the bowler hat and the mustache. Yeah, and it was like a silly gimmick, but it could have been cool. But they never did anything with it. And he had like Harvey Whippleman with him, and like <laughs> Harvey Whippleman should have been like trying to be a bully too. You know? Mm-hmm. I just think they didn't do enough with it. The best the big bully music gimmick ever was was in the GWF. Yeah, like I said, I think I think they could have done some cool stuff with it. Um, like I don't know why, but I think he would have had like a cool feud with like the big boss man. Yeah, he could have been that kind of heel. Yeah, like you don't have I to think... put a belt on him or nothing, but just, you could have like a cool feud with like the boss man or. Like just like a wrestler, like like a tugboat, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? Just like a wrestler that would be like, "Why are you being mean to the kids?" and that type of thing. 
He's a big bully. Yeah. Music. N- Next is WCW Jobber the Gambler. Hmm. Oh, he's dead. Because he didn't know when to fold him. <laughs> I think he knew when to hold him, and I think he's still alive. <laughs> Did he know when to walk away? <laughs> He knew, he knew when to run, and I think he's still alive because of that. He is still alive. All right, Gambler. Oh. Thank you, Gambler. He came through for me. Fuck, comeback kid. <laughs> All right, next is Crusher Jerry Blackwell, oh. AWA. Man. Is he still alive or is he dead? I'm going to go dead. Jerry Blackwell. Yeah, I think Jerry Blackwell's dead. He is dead. That dude's been dead since 1995. <laughs> All right, there you go. Well, <laughs> long did you time. Ever, did anybody ever hear the story about him when he tried to go to the WWF? Uh-uh. He died. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently when they were doing the national expansion in 84, he showed up at one of Vince's, like sit down and talk to me things. And there were like 14 other guys in line and he didn't want to wait in line. So he said, fuck it and left and stayed with the AWA. He just didn't want to wait in line that day to talk to Vince McMahon. So, so there you Uh, go. What could have been or not been with crusher, Jerry Blackwell. Well, he wouldn't have made it very long. (laughs) The next person on my list is Ricky Gibson. Robert's Ricky brother? Gibson. Yes. Mm, I'm going to say alive. I think Ricky Gibson is dead. I think you're right, Nate. In <laughs> fact, I know you're right. I've never seen a Ricky Gibson match, but I've heard from multiple sources that he was actually pretty good. Yeah, he was like I've never, I've never. He, he was in that era where it's hard to find stuff. Yeah, I've never seen a Ricky Gibson match. And he basically he was in a like a horrible car accident that basically ruined his career or ended his career. So yeah. now I feel bad. <laughs> he just spoke the truth. <laughs> I know, but still. But he died in two thousand six. So. Rest in peace, guy I never saw. What did I say every time like a funeral procession comes by? <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, guy I don't know. <laughs> You're special as somebody. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> There's at least eight cars in your line. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> the next guy is Porkchop Cash. Oh, he's fucking dead. Pork chop cash. Dead. Nope. What? Pork what? <laughs> still alive. Pork chop cash is still alive. I'll be goddamned. Like, good for him. And then the last guy on my list is Iceman King Parsons. Is he still alive or is he dead? Well, let's finish strong. He's dead. Last mainstay. Iceman, 
You know, I, I see Iceman King Parsons as one of those guys who's done a lot of drugs in his life. Of every kind. Your uppers, your downers, your alcohol. But he's still fucking alive. Yes, he is. <laughs> wow. And you know what the cool thing about this guy is? What? His real name is King Parsons. What? <laughs> <laughs> his real name is King King Parsons the Third. The Third. I was gonna say his real name was Porkchop. No, the there's Third. There's three of them. <laughs> his, his, so yeah, his real name, like I like, like you know, like somebody tried to be like, you know, like he walked in somewhere and was like, I need to come up with a name, and they were like, Your name is King Parsons. You know, like you. Don't I know, but like, whatever, man, that's my name. Yeah, like I don't want to be King Part. It's like when when uh, Neil Diamond told his manager that I need a stage name, and he was like, "Your name is Neil Diamond." <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Well, I like Dead or Not Dead. That was fun. So we're gonna have to pay that play that in the future. Yes, Kyle. Yes. I'm not giving out people's email addresses because that's not cool. Okay. But we have a listener who did not put their name in the email. They just sent me their email from their email address. And uh, again, I'm not going to give out their email. So we're going to call this uh, Joe Schmo or whatever. But this person had a question for you. Okay. I must be the least entertaining of the three of us because nobody had any questions for me. So fuck. Hi, Larry. <clears throat> well, Joe Schmo wants to know. His name's Larry. Kyle. Hi, Larry. Hi, Larry. Why do you like ECW so much? <clears throat> we well, considering the fact that like ECW was the start of your Attitude Era. ECW was ECW was that punk grant punk rock underground movement. It was Yes, I know a lot of people know ECW for the blood and guts and everything else, but like that was the first time you got to see, you know, Dean or uh, Eddie Guerrero and, and Chris Benoit and you got to see you know, Chris Jericho. If it wasn't for ECW, chances are you would have never got to see the cruiserweights on WCW. And no wrestler would have been able to figure out what to do if they didn't get their check. Well, yeah, this is true. But much more than that, Paul Heyman was a fucking genius when it came to taking someone's positives. And, you know, extenuating them. I mean, my God, look at the Sandman. He was a drunk fucking guy that wore pajama pants, and he was the biggest fucking thing. Yeah, he's my hero. Well. (laughs) But the fact is that, like, ECW is the reason why there's a bunch of stuff now that you see today. Not to mention the fact that, again, it... It was it was the it was the group that you wanted to cheer for because they were the little engine that could. They were the small company 
that was fighting against WCW and WWF. And at that time, I think that was the biggest appeal of ECW. Um, well, and not, also, not to at hor- that time, not, not to horn in on your answer. No, but you have the around the time of the ECW, you have the advent also of the internet, which gave <coughs> before that time fans like us that were hardcore wrestling fans. We didn't even get to voice our opinion. Like, nobody got to see our opinion other than us sitting around in our living room watching WWF WrestleMania or whatever on TV with our pals. And you have... I think ECW very much benefited from the internet um, because you had a bunch of people from around the country that were tired of, you know, Isaac Yankum and the Dungeon of Doom, and all this garbage, and they wanted something different, and they were finally able to commune with each other around an organization that, that for good or bad, was different. Well, and think about this, okay? That's why I don't try to hate on people that like, um, because I'm an ECW fan as well. I enjoyed ECW. Um, I was more of an ECW pay-per-view guy, you know, like just a standalone pay-per-view show. They're entertaining. The show can be kind of grating at times. But I think, but like, like say, like on a on the WWE Network, like I can watch like three episodes of primetime wrestling in a row. You know what I mean? Like boom, 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 and have no problem with it. But sometimes I can't watch ECW. Boom, boom, boom. I might have to watch them once a week because their show. Shows a lot of the same shit over and over again. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna lie. A and, lot of my love for ECW but, is nostalgia because, but that, like the ECW thing. That's why I try not to hate. Me. Like I said, I was an ECW fan. That's why I try not to hate on people that like, um, um, like pro wrestling gorilla and all this other stuff. Because even though it might not be my bag. Those kids or people that are watching it now are the same equivalent of what an ECW fan was back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Imagine that's their ECW now. Imagine their ECW. So I, I have no, I don't want to hate on it. Right. Imagine it's 1997 and you turn on Monday Night Raw and here's this fucking group of guys. It's nothing like what you see on WWF programming. You know, you fucking see Sabu jump off the fucking Ross set. He fell off the R. But... Well, right, but at that time it was the fucking R.A.W. And you fucking, you see Perry Saturn for the first time. You hear Vince McMahon go, the BWO is a parody of a popular clothing line. <laughs> and not to mention Paul Heyman was I mean there's a reason why they say he was the mad genius he was the fucking cult leader because you know like Aaron said you look back now fucking don't hold up a lot but at the time man you hear fucking Paul Heyman talk about it it was the fucking the greatest thing in the world I think I'm the I'm the um Oh, 
I'm the least fan of ECW in this group. But I will say this, ECW... For what they did, they paved the way for... I get. They paved the way for a, a style of wrestling to come back. And the reason I say that is... Alright, so ECW, yes. ECW did drop in the, the, the language. And they did drop in... The the, the 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 sexuality but I don't I don't particularly follow or subscribe to when people say ECW they didn't originate the style of wrestling essentially what ECW did is they they popularized in the 90s what Bill Watts was already doing in the 80s as far as wrestling goes. They fake big titties? Uh, no, no, no. As far as wrestling goes, like a wrestling style and a hardcore style, they, they, they popularized in the 90s what Bill Watts was trying to do in the 80s or the late 80s, early 90s. And then they added in, they added in the sexuality and they added in the curse words and everything. And, and, and what became of that was what wrestling was in the nineties. And you can say Bischoff stole from it and Vince stole from it. And of course they did. But I mean, and I'm not trying to discount what ECW did, but Paul Heyman essentially did what, he did what Paul Bill Watts did and he, he sleezed it up a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a lot of bit. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, and I'm not saying I don't like Paul Heyman a lot, but he really, he really, he really did. He, in the 90s, he scooped up what Bill Watts was trying to do and intensified it and, and added more of a, of a, a pornographic kind of image to it and not that there's anything wrong or not wrong with that but i'm just not it, it, it doesn't it does not age well for sure to me no it doesn't and especially you know looking back now like i said hindsight being 2020 but you know at the time when you know you watched wrestling since 1992 which, oh yeah like for me it was and you've seen the Hogan Macho Man, you've seen all these guys, and then here's this brand new company that you've never seen these guys. Right, and, and you've you got Rob Van Dam, and you've got Shane Douglas saying "fuck this" and "fuck that" and "fuck Flair," Dick Flair, and you making got fun Taz, of that. You know, at the time, it was like Jesus Christ, this guy is fucking five foot six, but goddamn, is he a fucking monster? Right. All right. Thank you for the question. Let me get a... Thanks, Larry. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Larry. <laughs> Hold on. Let me open my phone up here. How unprofessional of me. I let my phone go to sleep. Oh, well. And if anybody wants to email us any I'm other questions... If anybody wants to email us any other questions, or apparently email my boring ass any questions, it's wecantwrestle at gmail.com. Aaron, your first question. Send nudes. 
<laughs> Please don't, because I'm the one looking at this, and okay. I'm sure most of our listeners are male. Fuck you for saying that. <laughs> Frank. Hey, Actually, this guy did leave his name, at least. His name's Jake. And Aaron, okay. Jake wants to know, why do you like Dean Malenko so much? He's boring. <laughs> I'm just reading. I'm just reading an email. That's fine. I'm not. I don't, whatever, Jake. First off, you're boring. <laughs> oh God. Oh, uh, Jake, we love you, my friend. We love you, Jake. Because see, I can sit here and explain why I like Dean Malenko, but maybe you could explain why you think he's boring. But anyway, um, Dean Malenko is not boring. Dean Malenko is an in-ring technician. That, in my opinion, was probably the best wrestler walking around from like 1996 to probably 1997 in that era. He was he was he was goddamn good in the ring. I mean, in WCW, let me say that. I mean, he might have not been the most flamboyant guy in the world. He's not the most like just on the mic great guy, but in the ring. I don't think anybody could touch the guy. He was great. I, I mean, he's not boring. You're boring, Jake. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> go go back to State Farm. <laughs> Stop attacking our listeners, you fucks. No, so, I, with Dean Malenko, I think what made him stand out was, especially in WCW, you had a bunch of the high-flying cruiserweights, and here was a guy that was in the cruiserweight division that was more ground-based and techno- technical wrestler, and it just... And you watch, Jake, you watch, you watch, Jake. You go and you watch. <laughs> you watch. You watch some of that stuff on the WWE Network. When that guy comes out, he gets some of the biggest pops on the entire show in WCW in, like, 96, 97, because people were into that dude because he was putting out good wrestling Jake we love you I love you too Jake but you're wrong because Jake is obviously an engaged listener I don't know if he's getting married or not but well, you know what I mean he's a, he's a listener who listens and listens to what we're saying and listens to what I, we're I didn't say anything disparaging about Jake I know said he's wrong but what I was gonna say to Jake is I can and and Dean, I'm not as I'm not nearly the mark for Dean Malenko as Aaron is but what I can say is that at the time I don't know how old you are Jake but at the time in a 1990 email you're probably like 10 in a 1995 or a 1996 was emailing crayon in <laughs> It's not a light bright, God, or not a light bright. It's a sketch. Well, well, we lost the listener. <laughs> We're down to 199. What I can say, nobody else is going to be sending shit in. Like, well, they just fucking shit talk me when I fucking wrote in about Dean Malenko is in a time where, really, in the United States lightweight cruiserweight I guess you'd say pro wrestling had not hit its stride yet 
1995 or a 1996. Where Dean Malenko stood out as a performer is that he was not the guy. He he. It's funny because he was almost in the reverse for the cruiserweights because the cruiserweights were gaining popularity and gaining significance in this country because of the high spots, because of the, the, the off-the-top rope maneuvers. And what Dean Malenko was, was he was, he was like, the, if you look at the heavyweight wrestlers, he was like the Bret Hart of the cruiserweights. He was the more serious, down-to-business, real, honest-to-God, professional wrestler in the cruiserweights, keeping people to the ground and it, it made him a great heel as a cruiserweight because you want to see Rey Mysterio fly around and you want to see Mr. JL or Psychosis or whoever fly around the ring and do fantastic maneuvers you've never seen in your life. Blow your fucking mind with some wrestling. And Dean Malenko is going to catch them out of midair and put them in a fucking sharpshooter. Yeah, and I'm going out, I'm just saying it, from like 95 to like 1997, 1998, he was one of the top 10 best wrestlers on on television. In North America, he was in the top 10. Go and watch, uh, what is it, Slamboree 98? Well, he unmasked Cyclope against oh. Chris Jericho. One of the biggest pops in WCW history. Those fire fans come unglued. Have a good night, Jake. <laughs> Thanks for your email. I appreciate it. All right. So am I going to bring up the next one here? Yeah. All right. Let me bring up the next. This is for me again? Yes. No, there weren't any for me, because I'm apparently the fucking boring ass. So this is like Jake's mom? <laughs> please, don't be, please don't be mean to Jake. You should have read Jake's mom's email first. <laughs> Jake's mom's like, Aaron, you stupid cracker. <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate that. I'm not a saltine. Talk. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Aaron. What? Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Sharp right in the face. <laughs> Have you jumped over to a stagecoach yet on accident? Huh? Have you jumped over to a stagecoach on accident yet? No. Yeah, give it time. You will. Yeah, you can get in trouble for running someone's fucking dog over. I found that out the hard way. <laughs> it's like, oh no. Then you feel bad because you killed fucking Fido. So, Nate, are you writing this email or? No, I'm looking <laughs> for it. Oh my gosh. I know. How unprofessional, right? Yeah. Aaron. You already. Aaron, what, what wrestling have you been watching lately? Huh? What have you been watching re- lately on wrestling? Uh, I have been watching the WWE Network. I haven't really been 
I've just been working my ass off, so I haven't been able to actually watch current stuff. Because no, of, not current stuff, but what have you been watching on the network? Prime time. Prime time? Yeah. And then, um, hey, Nate. Yes. It's, it, what's, what's the, what's the email account? It is we can't wrestle at gmail.com. Okay, we'll go there and, uh, Pick inbox. <laughs> I found the fucking thing. <laughs> Jesus. This one is another one that didn't sign their name, so I'm not going to give their. I'm obviously not going to give their email address on the internet because that would be terrible of me. Can you decipher kind of what their name is? No, <laughs> no, not from this email address. Not from this email address. Spanky one it but this what's is, up space this, monkey seventy nine this one is for Aaron what's up space monkey seventy nine at hotmail whatever it whatever Aaron says it is Cop you serve oh my you remember God you serve <clears throat> this one that concerns Ric Flair it says okay. this question is for Aaron you contend. Wow, this guy's got big words. God damn it. That Ric Flair is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. However, his first WCW or his first WWF run is shit. Tell me why it isn't. I don't understand. His first run is shit. His first W his first WWF run is shit. Tell me why it isn't. I, I assume he's thinking about when Flair came in in ninety one and through ninety three. I know, but he start he like uses a big word, and then it's like <laughs> his first run was shit. Tell me why it isn't. Okay, he's test, he's trying to get me to tell him why it wasn't shit. Why? Yeah. Why Flair's? Why Flair's what? first? Uh, essentially, I'm translating. <laughs> Why Flair's first WWF run wasn't shit. Okay, because like at first I thought he was trying to tell me that Flair wasn't one of the greatest, but I don't think that's what he's doing. No, I think he's just contending that the what the like the ninety okay, the ninety one ninety two like it's just totally ruin Ric Flair's run in, as in a, as a performer because of him being in the WWE. Okay, I got it now. Mm-hmm. I do this guy. I do this a lot better when I'm drunk. <laughs> I've only had like three beers. The reason that Ric Flair's run in the WWF when he first came in there was not what it could have been is because I don't think Vince McMahon wanted it to be. And I'm not saying that Vince McMahon didn't want to give this guy a lot of money and make a star out of him because I hate when people say that. I hate when they say, oh, Vince just hired the guy to bury him. That's right. not what it was. But the reason the Flair thing didn't work is because at that point in Ric Flair's career, if Ric Flair's not your centerpiece of your show, it's it, it's not going to work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Ric Flair should be the man that is the centerpiece of everything going on. And when Rick went to the WWF, Vince didn't want him to be 
the nature boy cock of the walk a number one guy he wanted rick to now be one of the five guys that was on his show and he was never ever 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 and i don't care what anybody says he was never ever 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 gonna put rick flair over hulk hogan it was never gonna happen well I mean, Space Dog yeah. ninety, Space Dog ninety two. I know that yes, Aaron, but I think it's Space Monkey seventy nine. Oh, Space Monkey. Sorry, but I think a lot of it too was it's because he didn't make Ric Flair. Same thing with Dusty Rhodes. Vince McMahon's the kind of guy that if he didn't make it, he's going to try to fucking add something to it so he can say that he did it. That's because of him. Yeah. So I mean that's why I that's why I think it didn't work, and because they didn't give. I think, honestly, it was a it, I I it would have enjoyed I shouldn't say would have enjoyed it because I did enjoy it. I think Randy Savage and Ric Flair had an amazing feud when he was in the WWF. I think it was more entertaining than anything they would have done with Hogan and Flair. Yeah. But that's the other problem people had was that they wanted to see the Hogan Flair thing and it didn't happen. And like I said, it's because Vince never ever was going to put Ric Flair over Hulk Hogan. Just love no. that. So I think I think they signed. I, and I also think he came in too late. If he would have been there in like '88 when he was going to make the jump, I think it would have been a different story. But that's my opinion on it. And. When he came back, it was amazing because then, obviously, you know, it's a whole different product, and now it's just like, oh, Grandpa's here now. <laughs> Can you imagine him in 88, though? Yeah. So, I, I, that's just what I think. I think the biggest thing is, like, when it comes to Flair in that first run of the WWF, is I think that... <sighs> The WWF was always a babyface territory. And Ric Flair really, I mean, yeah, he had a he had a period he had periods as a babyface early in his NWA run, but if you look at NWA WCW, the NWA WCW was always a territory of a heel champion a heel territory with the champion being chased by baby faces. And I don't know at that time, at that time that Vince McMahon was ready for his territory to be a heel champion territory with baby faces chasing the champion. So I think it was just a philosophy thing, but the question wasn't for me. It was for you. <laughs> and that's why I answered it. Thanks, Space Monkey. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> that is going to be the. Uh... That sounds like it was like an insult. Like, great so Thanks. Yeah, no, Space you didn't. Monkey. You didn't. You didn't insult this guy as much as you insulted Jake. Poor well, Jake. I was nice. Jake was kind of combative. <laughs> Jake, email. Should I have sat there and subjugated myself to Jake's abuse? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my fault. Jake, email us. We can't wrestle dot we can't wrestle yeah. at gmail.com and combat with Aaron some more. I will be happy to broadcast it on this podcast. Oh hell yeah. 
And that being said, I think it is time to wrap up. Jake, what a D Malenko ever do to you, Jake? (laughs) Give you hours and hours of entertainment. Uh, I don't think Jake agrees with you about his hours and hours of entertainment. Wait a minute! I know who's really the victim here. Is me. Is me. The real victim here is me. The host of this show, and my co-hosts get emails, and I don't. Probably because I stink or whatever. I don't know. Oh, actually, you know what? We just got an email in for you, Nate. Oh, what is it from fucking Toots? Yeah, he wants to know why you always say Tootsie goodbye, but not Tootsie hello. Because <laughs> no old racist performer wrote a song about Tootsie hello. Al Jolson wasn't racist. I know. God damn it. I was I just maybe I was just was trying to play Democrat for just a minute, Aaron. Can you let me play Democrat for just a minute? Can I be a snowflake or a victim, please? The Tootsie Hello sounds like a fucking sexual position. <laughs> Tootsie Hello. Tootsie Hello. <laughs> right up a <and> butt. <laughs> <sighs> You take the, you lick the fingers and we were doing so well. <laughs> yeah, we were. It's Jake's fault. <laughs> Fucking derailed everything. <laughs> that's what that's what Hugo Sabinovich said a lot back in the early nineties. It's Jake's you have fault. To get away from you, man. It's Jake's fault, Go, man. Going die. <laughs> I have to get away from you, Jake. You get away from you. I'm going to die. <laughs> well. My co-hosts. What are we doing next week? Next week will be a top ten. Ah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let the listeners in a little uh, behind the scenes. If you two, one of you two, can't come up with a top ten in the next top ten seconds, I'm going to come up with one later. But do either one of you have an idea for a top ten for next week? Hmm. Top 10 worst pay-per-views. Ooh. Aaron, you got anything? Oh, we can do that one. All right, top 10 worst pay-per-views. I was going to do top 10 reasons Jake was wrong about being my license. That seems too specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little specific, especially for 2018. A little targeting and <laughs> All right, well, what I will say is this. On this Tuesday, because this show will probably go up on Monday, we're taping, well, we're actually taping Monday morning at like 2 o'clock in the morning, but uh, this show will go up on Monday. So tomorrow, Tuesday, November 6th, folks, seriously, seriously, no matter what your political affiliation, get out and vote. If you don't vote, you can't complain. And if you really feel passionate about things, please get out and vote. Because that's the only way you can make your passion aware and make people pay attention to you and make your voice heard. So get out and vote on Election Day. But other than that, we will have a top 10 top ten worst pay-per-views. This is going to be fucking fun. Um, hey, by the way, if any of you fucking... 
<clears throat> didn't forget or forgot to set, set your clocks back, make sure you fucking do that so you're not late to work. Man, if you are late to work, just keep listening to this podcast. <laughs> if you're late to work, blame it on Jake. Hey, Jake, if you're late. And if you're if you have to still set your clocks, why do you still have like analog clocks? <laughs> 2018, damn it. 2018. There is a clock in my house right now that is the wrong time, and it's the it's oven the clock. It's the fucking microwave. It's the oven clock. Yeah, that's house. what I'm saying. Those, those are fine because you buy a microwave and you just have it. You know what I mean? I don't even set the clock on my microwave. It's just blinking 12. Because but anyway, because Tootsie. <laughs> Buy a new My fucking, fucking microwave burritos don't need to know what time it is. Buy a new fucking clock. <laughs> Your microwave burritos still think it's 1993, Kyle. Exactly. They were frozen then. <laughs> they're, they're $12. <laughs> they a fucking new clock. Well, that being said, on the next edition of the show, it will be the top 10, top 10 worst pay-per-views of all time. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I know what both of us, or both of us, all three of us, might guess is at least in our top two worst of all time. We'll see if I'm right next time. I'll guess at the beginning of the show, and we'll see where it winds up on people's lists. So now is the time where I give Aaron and Kyle the time to say goodbye. Aaron? Bye, Jake. You and Jake now have a, a, a nice relationship. Kyle? Bye, Jake. <laughs> Kyle and Jake also have something. You're my bae. And I say goodbye to all of you who didn't bother email me any goddamn thing. Thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And we will see you next week for another edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>